What does success mean to you? How do you define it? When I was in my 30s, it was having the Rolex. It was having the just all the branded clothes, right? For the wrong motives. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I know that I always tell you that I'm excited for my guests. And I every time I start to say it, I'm like, Amber, you say this every single time. Today, though, I'm really, really excited for this guest. Um, I have with us today, Daniel Gomez. And Daniel Gomez is a good friend of mine. We have really gotten to know each other over the last couple of years. And he's truly just an amazing, inspirational human being. He's an award-winning motivational keynote speaker, a business coach, a corporate trainer, an executive coach, a podcast host, which he actually won podcast of the year for. He speaks and coaches at events all over the world. Daniel has this amazing way of being able to connect with people, being able to really help them understand the brightness within them and help that shine. And I'm really excited for him to share his story with us on the show again. So for those of you who haven't already listened, I have interviewed Daniel in the past, but I think it was about a year and a half ago. So I will link that episode to the show notes here so that you can go listen to the first half of our interview. And we're going to catch up and see where Daniel has been recently. Really quickly, before we jump into this, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions. If you are the type of person who knows that there is more success there for you and you just haven't been able to reach it yet, if you're wondering why you worked so hard to build a life that now you feel like you need a vacation from, if you want to know what might be missing and what the next steps are to be able to create the life that you really want to have, then let's sit down and have a conversation and see what type of opportunities are available for you to really live the life that you want to have. Success Development Solution helps you design your life and have the courage to live it. If that sounds like something that you need, go ahead and head over to successdevelopmentsolutions.com slash connection call. Let's jump on a call and see what we can do to help you start to live the life you've always wanted. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Daniel. Daniel, what's up, man? Hey, Amber, what's going on, my dear friend? I missed you. It's been a while since I've seen you in person. <laughs> oh my gosh. When was I down there? Like three months ago, I think. Yeah, it's been a minute. You know what? March, April. Actually, it's been two months, two full months. Because actually, today's the 11th. So we're down here March 11th and 12th. So exactly 60 days since I've seen you. So can you imagine it's already been two months? <laughs> you know, yes, it's already been two months and it's only been two months. Look at the amazing things that have happened in the last two months for both of us. It's pretty, pretty spectacular. You know, one thing I, I'll tell you, the word has really been stuck, sticking to me is just the word intentional. And the yeah. more intentional you get, 
it's the the higher quality results show up, right? So again, yeah, the more intentional you get, the better the results get. And I think for me, sometimes, like we were saying off off the air, um, we just kind of not that we flow through things, but we kind of tolerate things that we shouldn't tolerate. And I think for yeah. me, really being more intentional and just right, this is where I'm at. This is right. This this is my point right now. What's my next arrival point? Yeah. And I've really been focusing on where's my departure point? Where's my arrival point? And think about this, right? When when me and you just flew, right? You flew to Tennessee, spoke in a great event. I was in New York. The the pilot just don't get in there and say, okay, let's just take off and fly. No, this is where we're departing from. This yeah. is where we're going to end up at. And how many times do we not do that in life and business? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. And I mean, this goes back to the cliche statements that's always made about GPS, right? Like, where do you want to go? And you've got your GPS and you put that in there. But in order to have that GPS guidance of where you want to go, what does it always ask for? It always asks, where are you starting from, right? Um, and I talk about this often with people because we all talk about goals and we all talk about where we want to go. And the hardest conversation to have is where we are right now, right? Where are we starting from? This is something that you have some pretty in-depth personal yeah. knowledge on. Um, for those of, well, let's start with this. For those who didn't listen to the first episode yet, why don't you fill us in a little bit on your background? Sales trainer, um, this idea of being this coach and podcaster and communicator the way that you are, was that always what you thought you would be? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was just crazy enough. I just had this conversation because we, we just, we've had a lot of events that I've been going to live and just having conversations with people and people say, man, you, you seem to have it all together. And I'm like, well, no, but the thing is this, they go, well, what do you mean? I was like, my intentions weren't to be a book publisher. My intentions weren't to be a podcast launcher. My intentions weren't to have Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. When I came out, I strictly came out as a motivational speaker, right? That was my intention. That's what the dream that God put in my heart. And the, the thing is, my wife had just had her second major surgery. So she couldn't argue, right? She didn't have the strength. She was literally on the couch. Oh, recovering. I don't know about that. Your wife's a pretty <laughs> strong lady. I think that she could argue with you anytime. I asked her, right? You ask her now, she thought, man, I thought Daniel was freaking nuts. I mean, she thought I lost it, to be honest with you, because I had a great job. I was making about $200,000 a year in the automotive industry. And but God put this dream in my heart to really go out there and just be a motivational speaker. So the first thing when you come out and speak, you, you try to just really find who you are, your identity in the speaking world. And then the second thing you hear by everybody is, right, you need, you need four things. You need a speaker reel. You need some video testimonials. You need a website. And then... The fourth thing is every speaker needs a book. And I was like, when I first, I'm going to be totally honest. When I first got the quote on the book, I'm like, oh shit, this is a lot of money. <laughs> so I started to talk myself out of it, but it just realized when you're real intentional, like we started off earlier, mm -hmm. that the people that you need show up, the, 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 the people, the situations, the circumstances, and more importantly, the finances. So many times as an entrepreneur, we don't take any action because this is our excuse. We're poor minded, right? We don't say, well, I can't afford it. I can't do this. We say, I can, I can, I can't. And you never give yourself that opportunity. And by being intentional, it's not that you have it all figured out, but you know what? I'm going to figure it out on the way as I'm going forward. And once this is one thing I realized, once you commit, once you make that commitment, supernaturally, everything that you need is drawn to you, the people, the finances, and then 
the ambers of the life show up for you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to put you on the spot for just a minute because you mentioned your book. And I think that this is kind of a taboo topic that's becoming more and more um, relevant and conversational. And I'm, I'm interested to hear your answer. You said you just commented on the pricing out of a book. Did you write it yourself or did you use a ghostwriter? Well, I did both, right? So okay. my first book, my first book, I wrote it. So I've written two books and the, the you were born a fly. I wrote that literally typed it out myself. That one I almost self-sabotaged because it was just something new. Like anything new, you get frustrated. Like anything new, you want to quit. Like anything new, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And so many times, I, I think that what's wrong with the personal development industry is, is everybody uses the words like, oh, you got to you gotta get out of your comfort zone. And you yes. got to do this. But they never tell you what the hell it feels like. So yeah. the moment you start to really feel the frustration, the moment you start to write, you hit that terror barrier and you're going to push past that terror barrier. There's resistance there from the old you to say, no, let's go back to what we're comfortable with. But you really start to argue with your wife. You argue with your friends. You fire your coach. You just, you, you just self-implode and people don't realize that. So, And you're mad, right? I mean, for me, I'm going to be totally honest. Because I was breaking wine glasses and I was, I beat up my recycle bin. I talk about this because that's how frustrated I was that I was beating up the recycle bin, but, but no one really tells you what does really getting out of your comfort zone feel like. And when you do that, it feels ugly or if not, this is another thing that happened to me was as I was growing, it just like, I was, I would go to these conferences and you feel like you're, you're like, you're not good enough. Right. I'm just being yeah. totally honest. Like I don't belong. Right. I don't belong. And, and I've heard now when people tell me when they come to sticker shock where you were at, why well, I don't feel like I belong here. I'm like, well, of course it's not going to feel comfortable because you've never been in this type of environment. Yeah. But, but open your heart to receive. That's why every time when you were there, right. I said, open up your heart and open up your mind to receive it because you have to open up your heart to receive. If not, you're not going to allow yourself to get in bigger and better rooms. So it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's just one of those things. So this last book I wrote my makings of a millionaire mind, this one, I did it with the ghostwriter, though. And mm -hmm. I don't mean by a ghostwriter. I, I use a different format because now we have a, pu a publishing division. So I really spoke it into existence. I got in front of uh, Zoom. I recorded myself and I really spoke it out. We had to transcribe and then we went and edited it. But I'll tell you what, it was a lot easier because for me, the process was even though it cost more, right? It was more of an investment that I had to pay within myself, even though I own a publishing company, I still got to pay people. <laughs> yeah. But, but the thing is, this is when you write and type, you tend to block yourself more. Mm -hmm. And when you speak and me and you being podcasters, we're good at just speaking. I literally spoke the book into existence. We transcribed it. We re-edited it many times. Cause of course, when you speak, you kind of, those, those filler words come out to say, but it was an easy process. And the quality of the book that came out with the makings of a millionaire mind, it was just, it was, this is what we don't realize, Amber. We don't realize that we're smarter than we think we are. <laughs> Like, like we all day we know everyone and we give ourselves credit for <laughs> yeah no it's so true and i i love what you said because okay listen i'm really smart i'll put that out there right i'm book smart i got all the certificates on my wall to prove how book smart i am but i used to have a saying that law school made me dumb because it really seems like my logical street smarts lack a little bit and I always talk to people about the new technological advances that have clearly been around much longer than I want to acknowledge like Google Drive and like all these things that are supposedly new um, and one of the things that I just realized 
This is so embarrassing. One of the things that um, I just realized that you could do is dictate through your microphone into your Microsoft Word from your computer. And I was sitting here writing my book and I'm like, this is freaking awful, right? And then I've got 270 podcast episodes and I'm like, I should just go transcribe those. And then I'm typing and I'm like, this is freaking awful. And then I realized that I could talk into my microphone and it would make words come on paper. And it came so much easier because you're right. Um, if you look at most people when they coach you on the ways to write a book, and I took this into my law practice as well, there's a writing period and then there's an editing period. And those things go back and forth a little bit. But um, most people that I've talked to about writing a book will say, don't even attempt to edit your book until you have a certain amount of words on paper, because the moment you go into editing mode and writing mode, your creativity shuts off because all of a sudden now you're looking at mistakes and you're looking at grammar and you're looking at, oh, I can't say that. Let me retype it. And then you start second guessing yourself. And then that imposter syndrome pops on. So I think that dictating side of things is so valuable in being able to get a book onto paper. It's the only reason that mine is almost done. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, this is, is since this was our third book, The Makings of a Millionaire Mind, it was really, I had to process. And I think, right, like anything else, we don't give it, ourselves enough opportunity. And what I mean by that is we're so scared to try something new that we don't even freaking try. And I think when, when I was challenged to do my second book, um, Sticker Shock, I wrote it in 60 days. And I really, like, it was, it was, it was the content I had it inside of me because a lot of it was with mm -hmm. sales. So it was easier. I will say that. But when with the makings of a millionaire mind, I will tell you that there was a part of me that I felt like an imposter because one thing, I, I mean, somebody told me this today and the, he called me out of the blue right this morning and we were just talking. He goes, you don't realize how far you've come. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, he goes, dude, like I'm seeing your journey, man. He goes, I'm mm -hmm. seeing your journey. I went to your first event in 2019. Like, dude, you're not the same guy. And sometimes we don't see this, the, how much we've grown ourselves because we're in our own story to say. Yeah. So, so I say that because he goes, dude, you're, 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 you're so like further than where you were. And it was really interesting the way he described it. And he goes, thank you. You inspire me. And it really made me feel good because sometimes as, as we're ascending, people either ridicule you or the people that supported you at the beginning, they don't support you anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and see me, I'm a big believer because everything I have, I, I say, right, God gave it to us. That's my belief. My wife's alive because God gave, kept, kept her alive by his grace. And so I'm, I'm writing this book, right? I'm thinking like, okay, God, like people think I'm kind of an asshole already as it is. People think I'm <laughs> egotistic as it is, right? Because I'm not, I don't, I don't hide my success and I don't show it off in a battery, but it's, it's to inspire the people that say, you know what? I came from the south side of San Antonio. I know what it's like to eat cereal with water. I remember being a kid and we didn't have a home. We were moving every single year. So if I can inspire somebody to believe in their dream and be crazy enough to follow it, I'm going to do it. So when the, this book came out, I stopped writing it because what happened was I felt like an imposter. Like, well, who am I to talk about this? Yeah. And do I really want to, right? I was already kind of foreseeing the, the, the crap that was going to come towards me. And sure enough, in LinkedIn, somebody says, well, is that really godly or something like that? And I said, you know, yeah. I can't speak for who, what your beliefs are, but all I can tell you is that when you give to the homeless and you help the needy, that 
good things come your way. And I don't say that in a braggadocious way. I told him, I said, but I'm not going to hide the fact that when I get paid, when I get my first check or when I get income from our business, one of the first things we do is we give and we support orphanages and we support different ministries because I believe that that's a big part of my success. And it is. Yeah. So I can't tell you who you are, but I always say this, right? Whenever I coach somebody and they're having marital problems or whatever is going on with the husband, because I do a lot of one-on-one men coaching and I said, you know what, if I was to see, I asked him this question, if I was to see your bank account, what would your bank account tell me about you? Well, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, it, your bank accounts, without you even saying it, your bank account's going to tell me what's important to you. Yeah, it's true. You know, there's a couple of things that you said that I want to hit on. Um, and the first, I want to go back to this egotistical comment because do you ever find that it's the people who are the least confident that call you egotistical, right? Like when you get around people who are really comfortable with where they're at and they're growth minded and they want to be in rooms where they're not the smartest person because they want to soak up all the information that you come in as this person who has this genuine energy and you, um, you hold your head high and you're, you're confident when you find somebody that's turned off by confidence because they don't possess it yet, then they look at you and they say, man, you're egotistical. So do you ever look at somebody who calls you egotistical and think this is an opportunity to show you what confidence looks like? I never saw it like that, but now that you're saying that I can see that. And, and the, the example is, is just people that I've helped or just come in com connection with, with our events or whatever, maybe through our coaching or whatever services we offer that, what you're saying, it's, it was definitely, I see it. A good example is I just came back from New York city. I was up there with a great friend of mine, Craig Siegel. I had the pleasure of sharing the stage with Craig in January, very confident guy, very, I mean, but a lot of love and he said, man, why don't you come, just come on and hang out and come, let's do a mastermind and be part of it. I was like, cool. Right. First of all, my ego before I would have never gone because I was like, I don't need it. Right. The old yeah. film is from five years ago. I was like, nah, like I'm good, man. Right. Like that, like that, that fakeness. I call it, I call it the clownfish and men come out or even women, right. The clownfish comes out, they puff up and I'm good. Right. Yeah. It's, it's I don't need anybody. It's a bunch of BS. You and I got into this conversation on your <laughs> podcast with Mr. Yeah. I don't care what anybody thinks yeah. about me, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't work that way. So so when I went, so going back to your comment, I, I went over there and Craig's very confident, but it's like, man, we just like fed off each other because he's winning. He's doing amazing things. He was a very successful on Wall Street, right? And I said, man, you know what? You, I Think about this. I said, Craig, you know why you're amazing? At what you do, he goes, why? I go, because you've already had that level of success. You are already a millionaire. Like you already had that higher frequency. And most people, Amber, and, and maybe you can give me your perspective on this, but most people, when they come in, they come in from that nine to five employee mindset. So they don't, they, right? They're starting from ground zero as to say like a Daniel, a Craig, yourself, you're a business owner. You already have a platform. So you're starting, you're starting at a higher level. You're bringing your past successes in there. So it's like if when somebody with confidence, you're like, you feed off each other. And I'll tell you, I hadn't really thought about joining the community, but I said, you know what? I think I, I like what I'm, I like the energy and yeah. just amazing opportunities. 
come to you when you put yourself in bigger rooms. And I, I talk about that in my book. And yeah. Craig's room is bigger, right? His room is bigger. So I went in. He goes, man, he goes, you know what? I said, you know what? I'm thinking about joining your community. And I'll tell you, my pride kept me from joining other communities. But I humbled myself. And all of a sudden, these people were messaging me on IG and, hey, that's, can we do a Zoom call? And I'm like, sure. Yeah. But it's because I opened myself up to receive. But the thing is, I wasn't intimidated by somebody else's success because together we achieve more as to trying to do it by yourself. And you're exactly right. Those people that lack confidence, that lack that, 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 that it factor to say, they don't believe in their ability. So it's like they rather just try to dim Amber's light or Daniel's light and, and say, well, he's just being arrogant or he's just trying to show off. And it's not about showing off. It's just about, it's just living life. And it's the real thing that we're doing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to clarify a little bit because there definitely are people out there who are arrogant and egotistical. So I'm not saying that it doesn't exist at all. However, I think that so often, you know, for example, one of my absolute favorite interviews, you're a football fan, right? You like yes. football? Okay. Yes. So one of my absolute favorite interviews of all time is the interview with Aaron Rodgers when he was drafted. Um, so what are we talking like 2009, I think 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. And it was him and Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers thought he was going to the 49ers. He thought he was going to go first round and the 49ers took Alex Smith. You remember this? Yes. They interviewed Aaron Rodgers when he got drafted by the Packers and they asked him, do you, they asked him, how upset are you that the 49ers didn't draft me or draft you? And his response was not as upset as they're going to be. And I look at things like that and people say, oh my gosh, how egotistical is he, right? You must be so full of yourself to say something like that. But there are certain professions that require you to be so confident in your abilities that you can't doubt them. And also the difference comes in when you are so confident in your abilities and understand that you have more to learn. And understand that people can teach you. It's that I don't need to learn from you that crosses into that egotistical line. But how are we as coaches supposed to empower others to be confident if we can't say, I'm not as upset as they're going to be that they passed me up? And that's okay. I hold no resentment towards them. They're just going to look back and this is going to be a decision that they wish that they would have made differently. You know, right. it's, it's so interesting to me because what's the number one profession that we see people say, oh, they're so egotistical. They need to get over themselves. It's quarterbacks, right? Yeah. But could you imagine a football team without a confident quarterback? I can, I think it was the Browns. <laughs> they wouldn't win. They wouldn't win. <laughs> so, so, so think about this, right? Just in, in the coaching that I do in business and in executive coaching, people value, truly value other people. So if you're a person of value and you value yourself, you're going to value someone with the same traits or even better traits than you, right? And if it be confidence, then you're going to value their confidence. Yeah. But most people undervalue themselves. I talk about this in my book, mm -hmm. right? It, it's most people undervalue themselves. So how can they see the value in somebody else if they truly can't see the value in themselves? It's so true. Like, what do we say when we're talking about fear, right? When we're talking about somebody saying, oh, you can't do that. It's always them saying, if I was you, I don't think I could do that, right? 
So when somebody says, man, you're egotistical, what they're saying is that I don't think that I have the confidence that you have. And when we understand that, it's an incredible opportunity to show up from a space of service to help them understand that they have that within them 100%, which I think is what you do unintentionally. I mean, you do it intentionally. And also I think you do it without conscious effort. Yeah. Well, you know, if we think someone what, what I would just, I'll just say, I like Ed Milet. So we'll just talk about Ed Milet here as the example. When you hear his story about the librarian, how he dressed it up as a Mercedes, like we know Ed Milet today in the personal industry, right? Personal growth because of who he is today, or we'll just say from five, seven years ago when he came on the, on the scene to say, but you imagine the, as he was ascending and becoming the Ed Milet who he is from five years ago to today, right? He went through the same struggles we did. He went mm -hmm. through the same, like, right? People probably talk to him. So I say that because somebody brought, he goes, dude, he goes, you're seeing it because people are seeing you ascend as you, as your, your brand is growing and you're growing. So they're going to be more critical because you're living it. But when, when you come on the other side, 10 years from now, and you're Daniel Gomez inspires 10 years from now, you're going to be like, man, this guy's awesome, right? He's inspiring because you've already gone through the growth pains of Ascension. So all the other people like we we're talking about, all the people that got on your, right. You're, you're sending on up this mountain, you're on the train and people get off your train. You look back, you want to help them. And some of them don't get back on, but you want to stall the train, but you can't stall the train because up there on this next stop station towards the mountaintop, people need to get back on your train that are waiting for your services. So yeah. I say that because that's, we're, we're, we're like living proof. I think about you and how much you've grown and it's like, Oh man, it's, 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 it's beautiful because it's like, but people don't know how like, like the struggles that we had three or four years ago and they see the amber of today. And I love seeing your, 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 your sponsorship stuff come up. I'm like, man, she's like, you're doing it. I'm, I'm yet, I'm yet to do a single episode by myself on my show since my first, since day one, which is over almost two years ago. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what it's, it was terrifying when I did it. And people think like, it's got to be scarier to do an episode with somebody. And I'm like, no, like, because there's somebody else to bounce ideas off of, right? When it's just you, it's just you, right? But I mean, there becomes a level of guest. Like when I interviewed Les Brown, I thought I was going to forget what the English language was. Um, and luckily he was so kind that it became easy. Um, I want to bring this back to something that you said in the very beginning, because I think it ties in to this confidence conversation so well. You mentioned earlier that people look at you and they say, man, you seem like you have it all together. And I know that I used to say this all the time, right? I just can't wait till I have it all together. Or that person looks like they have it all together. When in your journey did it shift where you realized that nobody has it all together and they're doing the best that they can. And you stopped looking for people who were perfect and started looking for people who had skills you wanted to learn from. And how did that affect your growth? Well, it was, it was, it was great. You, you go to some of these events. I, I think we see people's Instagrams and I wasn't a big Instagram person, but I think Instagram kind of just is, Kind of like the the hot thing right now for influencers to say, and you 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 see what they put on IG, and then you go to these events where there's like right you got the big influencers there, but they're just people, 
And then me and me and a, a well-known influencer, we had this conversation and they're like, man, you know, like I have struggles. We all have struggles. So I think when you're able to meet somebody and there's a real deal, right? There, there is some people out there that, that have that clownfish ego, but when you meet people, it doesn't matter how big the brand is, they're still a human being. Mm -hmm. So I think when, when you meet those genuine people in backstage and you're like, man, like this guy's legit, you realize that it's like, we all go just through struggles. I mean, think about it, right? We're talking about, we're talking about this and look at what Will Smith just went through. He freaking mm -hmm. smacked Chris Rock. There was, there you know, was something, there was yeah. something that, that triggered him or something that wasn't right with him and who cares what it is. But the fact is, it just shows that he's a human being. Mm-hmm. And if you think about Miss America that committed suicide in February, I can't think of the young lady's name, but she was a beautiful young lady and she seemed to have it all together and yeah. she didn't and she committed suicide. And I'm, I'm, that's dear to my heart. Cause I tried to kill myself when I was 18. Yeah. I was going to get to that. I was waiting for some op door opening. Like this is something that's so serious that I normally wait for somebody to tell me they're ready to talk about it. Well, I talked about it at Sticker Shock, right? You I mean, did. Because this is the truth. This is the truth is you, you said something in, and I appreciate your honesty. You're like, this dude like calls me, right? This is before, right? When we first started to get to know each other, this guy calls me and prays for me. And like, what's his angle? And it's like, there's no angle. Yeah. You thought that about me and it's cool, right? I mean, it's like you, you kind of saw me through your lens. And then when you came to Sticker Shock, you were like, this is just who he is. And that's just who yeah. I am, right? I mean, that's just me. But yeah, though, you know, I'm a loving, say, believer in it, and God is my savior. Christ is my savior. I still screw up. I still mess up. I'm not perfect. I'm, and then by no means do I claim to be perfect. And me and Monty were just having this conversation like, you know, honey, I love you. You love me. And, and we can't let the brands get bigger than our marriage. Because sometimes, sometimes we're so busy saving the world that we don't even save our own mm -hmm. home. And I'm just being honest, right? I'm just being real right now. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Like I have to reassess me, the business right now. And, and we did some changes within our organization, right? We, um, people came and gone and left and whatever. But the thing is, this is that it, it's, it's, I was crying five years ago for God to save my wife. And then five years later, our brand is exploding. And I can't forget that my wife, I can't, I guess, I guess this is a good, easy way to say it. People could understand it. Sometimes we take a lot of shit for granted. Yeah. And I almost lost my wife because I took it for granted. Five years later, now that she's doing better, now that she's back to herself and even stronger, now she coaches me sometimes. You can take somebody for granted without even realizing it. Oh, 100%. I've done it in my life many times. Um, when... <clears throat> um, and, and I think this is really interesting because I, I want to go into this for the people who weren't there and were involved in our conversations because I think it's so important. Um, but going back to what you just said about when your business started to explode, I really feel like when you really stepped in to who you are and you started, you shifted your community from, I don't remember what it was named before, to Shield of Faith Entrepreneurs. And you really stepped into this Daniel Gomez that is this God-centered and, you know, heart-centered entrepreneur. That That's really when things started to, to 
fall into place for you. And I, I hate that phrase, but I say it so often where things started to fit, the puzzle pieces started to fit. And this is so incredibly important because to lay the foundation for what you just said, we connected over the phone and you had no way of knowing because we had never talked about religion. You had no way of knowing that my relationship with religion and spirituality and, and God was broken, that I had come from a very manipulative religion. And whenever anybody approached me from that angle, I immediately put my walls up. You had no way of knowing that. And we continued to communicate and, you know, I remember thinking, and I don't think I've ever even told you this. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody before I came out to San Antonio this year. And I said, I don't know if this event is for me. I don't know if I even want to go. I don't know if I resonate with this guy anymore. I'm tired of all the, the religion um, and, and the, the God rhetoric. Um, but I've already paid for it. So I'm going to go. And then we get there and I see the way that you show up. And I realized that it wasn't some facade for you. It wasn't some manipulation tactic. It was just you. And whether I share your beliefs or not, isn't as important as me believing that those are really your beliefs and they're not some manipulation tactic that I've been so used to people using in that field. And so when you say, um, show up as yourself, be you, this is an incredible example of why that's so important because you know what did it for me? The moment that I realized that I had made the right decision and jumping on that plane and coming was when you started off the event with a prayer. And I thought, okay, like, I guess this is in line with his brand. Maybe let's see how it goes. <laughs> and then you would just stop this event and be like, you know what? I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to say. And without fail, what you said would hit somebody to the point that they were in tears because it's exactly what they needed to hear. And I thought, you know what? This guy's just showing up as him. If you would have shown up any other way at that event, I would have been like, I knew all that God shit that he was talking about was just a way to get me to buy his product, right? Yeah. This is why fake it till you make it so damn dangerous. Because when you're faking it until you make it, you're showing up as a different person every single day. So I tell this story not because it has anything to do with religion or how you show up or anything to that effect. It has to do with the fact that by you embracing who you are, all of a sudden, any resistance that you had with the world lifted itself and opportunities just opened up for you. Yeah. I mean, if you think about just the people that were just impacted, I mean, you know, we hear the word transformed and everybody misuses it, right? Oh, you're going to come and you're, this, it's going to transform you. But I can, I think you being there can honestly say like lives are transformed at sticker shock. Because, oh, 100%. <laughs> and, and, and I say that because I just, I just walk in who I am. And, and the beautiful thing about it is I stopped kind of, we had this conversation on your, on my podcast is like, right. I stopped worrying about what people said. And yeah. the, the more and more I, I stopped worrying about OPOs, other people's opinions, the easier it got, because this is who Daniel is. And you're yeah. right. I, the name of my, of my group used to be called um, distinctive syndicate and it just didn't set right. Right. It just kind of just was there. And then one day I was in prayer and I just felt like show the faith was it. And, 
it, that's my right. If you think if you look at DG, it's 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 a shield of faith. But I just I never really put it out there, and that's why I named the coaching brand that. But the moment I did that, it just it, it kind of gave me power. Not to say that, like I said, I fall. Believe me, I mess up. But I, but I the thing is this is, and, and I'm gonna be totally honest. My wife says, you know what? <laughs> she told me this uh, yesterday. She goes, you're different. Cause now you fuck up and you care. Yeah. And I, and, 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 and before I would mess up and I didn't give a shit. I don't care. Right. I, my, my, my this would be my attitude. Fuck them. Like if they don't like it, leave them. And people are hearing me that anyway, talk that way. Like this is who I was a car dog for many years. Right. My heart had to change. I, I, people think like no one's perfect. Yeah. But for my wife to say, Daniel, it's the first time I've seen you remorseful in a long time. And I was like, tell me more, right? Help me understand because I don't see it because I'm me. She just said when, when, when you make a mistake or something is, is, is done and I see that you generally care and you feel bad and, and, and you truly are, you don't just say I'm sorry, like you're really remorseful about it. And I say that because I love my wife, right? But the thing is, any marriage, you have to be intentional and, 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 and you got to date your wife. You got to have fun with your wife. You got to flirt with your wife. You got to you got to do things with your wife and your husband. Right. And, and that's that's where most people mess up is that they don't keep that that romance, that spice, that dating, that flirtiness. And and I say this because I've been with, I've been with my wife. I almost said, old lady, she used to hate it. When I, <laughs> I, I, I've been with Madi going on 25. We're, we're, we've been together going on 27 years, but by church, it's 25 years. And and and. Like I said, five years ago, I was crying, mad at God, like you, why are you doing this to her? And, and now that she's healed, it's like, you, 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 you see, you reminded me, don't take her for granted. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like anything else, what you take for granted and you don't appreciate, it can leave you or you can lose it. Yeah. I think that this, um, which by the way, I had the incredible opportunity, um, to hang out with you and your wife in San Antonio before I flew back. And this was something different for me too, because in the past I've always gone to events and I've just been an attendee. Right. And then the moment that you step into the fact that you bring value to every single room, then reaching out to an event host and saying, Hey, I know that you just put on this event. I'd love to buy you a drink. I'd love to um, spend some time with you as a human and a person, not as this event provider and get to know you all of a sudden, like doors open. If I never would have reached out to you, we wouldn't have had the incredible day in San Antonio. And I would not know what, what machadas are. Machadas? <laughs> yes. But yes. Macha I don't know what a machada is. Um, Macheladas. Yes. <laughs> I know what they taste like, even if I can't say them. Um, when, we um, allow ourselves to show up knowing that what we have to say to people is important and valuable because we believe in ourselves and we're showing up as ourselves. Then we get these incredible connections like you and I have now. And everything happens for a reason because for me, my willingness to open up to anything spiritual is relatively new. Um, and I had to go through a lot of healing before I could get to the point where I was even willing to sit in the same room with the word spirituality. So if COVID wouldn't have happened, 
and I would have come to sticker shock a year and a half ago when I was supposed to, it would have been a completely different experience for me because I wasn't willing to show up. I wasn't ready to show up. So I'm interested to know for you, how many opportunities do you think people put themselves into soon? And what do, where does that line fall between try things new, do things that push yourself out of your comfort zone, and then also acknowledge when maybe something was too soon and don't write it off forever? Like how do those two things balance for you? Interesting question, but I, I think I have the answer. Is that first of all, I think too many people, too many, too many aspiring entrepreneurs or speakers, they try to do too much too fast. They try to be everything to everybody. They try to show up to every single event. And I think that that's where the mistake is because you put mm -hmm. yourself in situations, scenarios that you shouldn't be in. And I think for me, it is, is when I really took a step back in 20, I think it was the end of 2019. I was just, I was in prayer and, and God just, um, I, I, something came up to me about clarity. And then uh, this friend of mine called me and says, Hey, I want to just pray clarity over you. I'm like, okay, like what's the odds of that? But I think when, when, when you have in yourself the peace to know that I can't be everywhere for everybody. Right. And you can't, and there comes a point where you got to stop saying yes to everything and you got to have peace at that because sometimes we say yes to everything for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. and you're doing it to please them, not for the benefit of you, but I get it. You want to support people. So this, the, the answer to the question is this, is that sometimes where you're at right now in that place of, of frustration of, I call it when you're, when you're in that pruning stage, you need to be there because the, the, the foundation is being built. And the sooner you try to get out of that, then you're going to have a flawed foundation. It's not going to have any integrity. And by integrity, I mean strength. Mm-hmm. So to get to the next level of where you're going, you have to have the integrity, the strength for that weight of success not to collapse you. And I say that because when I was younger, I was out, right when I first started five years ago, I was so in, in eager, right? Where we entered, right? We're entering into our fifth year of business, but I wanted to be where I am now five years ago, mm -hmm. four and a half years ago. I would have, I would have collapsed. I would have never had the, the integrity to do it. So yeah, this is, I think the biggest mistake people make. Yeah. Is they, they start, they start an e-commerce store and they want to be Jeff Bezos overnight, right? They look at Amazon and they're like, well, if Amazon can do it, I can do it too. And they don't look back. And this is what I tell people when they're talking about mentors, right? I am a big believer. You and I have talked about it a ton of times. I'm a big believer that there is no one single perfect mentor for any person that we need different voices and different perspectives to get us where we want to go. I think you're 100% right that you need them individually. Too many people try to jump into too many things at a time and they conflict and then they get confused. But I tell people when they're looking at mentors, don't look at what they have now. Look at whether they had where you're at when they were at where you're at. And did they go where you want to go? But you've got to compare the two things or else you end up exactly where you're at or where you were in this new place with a desire or a belief that you didn't have to do the work because somebody else already had it. So you should be able to have it too. And, and, to, and to finish up that question you asked me is right. You got You have to ask yourself, is my motive for doing this the right motive? Mm, yes. I, I think it goes down to motive. If, if you're, if your motive is wrong, well then 
you shouldn't put yourself in that space, right? But if your motive is to generally, like I went to New York, first of all, I've never been out. The, the years I was supposed to go to New York, COVID happened, they canceled the event, I was gonna go speak in New York. But I generally liked Craig, like, right? I was like, man, this guy's cool, I like him. And we we jived, we vibed, we talked on the phone a couple of times, and then I said, well, why not go support him? Because, right, I mean, I, people come to San Antonio and support Sticker Shock and they support our women's conference. Like, it would be selfish of me. So the motive was, right, I genuinely like this guy. No, no, bot, no, no, no strings attached. Just go hang out. And I had to, I was like a kid in New York City. Like, I was, and then it ended up that I knew more people in New York City than I thought. So I had lunch dates with uh, Guillory. This gentleman took me out to lunch. We just connected. And another friend of mine, um, we just hung out all like it was a, it was nonstop, but I say that because that's where I was supposed to be because the motive was right. So I think when you have the wrong motive, then you're definitely putting yourself in the wrong place because you're showing up with the wrong energy. And I think you got to ask yourself, am I being impatient? Am I trying to rush? Mm -hmm. things? And, and the one thing that I would say to this, if you're trying to rush things, you have to ask yourself, have you really right? I, I, I just had um, Brandon Dawson on our on our show and. I love this because we had a conversation about scale and scaling. So when you scale, have you completed everything on the level that you're at right now? This level of business, this level of life that I'm at, have I exhausted every opportunity? Mm -hmm. You scaled it. You're done. And then the scaling starts where you go to the next level. So for me, I look at, right, am I, have I exhausted everything here? And for me, I did. I just didn't want to let go of people because I would love people. But I had to let go of the people because those people were keeping me from scaling to the next level. And I would have never, right? Think about this. I would have never, I mean, right? I would have never had the level of, of guests in, in, in Brandon Dawson, Craig Siegel, Brad Lee. Like we just, um, Coach Michael Burt. We just had like four of these top four influencers of the world on our podcast. But I don't say that braggadocious, but I, I, my level came up because I allowed myself to mm -hmm. scale, right? That's the scaling part of the business because now I'm at a higher frequency. And it was time. If I would have tried to bring these people on when I started my podcast years ago, they would have been like, dude, like, who are you kidding, right? I couldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be able to hold a conversation. And, and, and actually, Brandon Donson, probably the number two influencer of the world next to Grant Cardone now, like his podcast was seamless. We were like friends and it was just like, wow. Like, I'm just like, but it just showed me, right? I belong with the elite. So that's what scaling is because you you have to let go of some of these other relationships. Not that you're better than them, but I think you and I can agree sometimes at the entry level of, of entrepreneurship, speakers, trainers, coaches, whatever it is, there's a lot more jealousy and envy in that mm -hmm. and, and complaining. And there's a lot more paying for relationships than there is at a higher level. Like, there's this fear based that if I don't invest in their program, they won't give me the time of day. So I'm going to pay for access. And there's nothing wrong with paying for access as long as you're doing it with the right, like you said, the right motive and the right intention. I pay for people's programs all the time because I believe that they can teach me something. What I used to do though, is I used to pay for it because I thought that that would get me in a room with them, which is the wrong reason. And, um, and, and it's oh, part of maturing, right? I think we, I mean, believe me, I, I'm not even half the person I was, you know, now that a person that I, 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 now I think, right, not that I've arrived, but two years ago, 
Like I couldn't handle the success that I have right mm. now, two years ago. And I say that right now. Right. And I, I think of, oh, crap, where am I going to be in two years? And I told my daughter, I said, you know, um, I said, you know, me and mom are going to go buy a, 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 our mansion in Miami. And she's like, oh, you're not dad. She doesn't want us to move. But I truly feel in my heart. We're going to move somewhere. I just don't know where. And but but I say that because I want to grow. I want to experience my kids. My son's my, my, my daughter's graduating this weekend uh, with her. MBA, her master's. My son's going to graduate. Congratulations. And thank you. My son's going to graduate in, in, in December and, and I'm grateful for them, right? They're doing things that I never did, but I tell them kids like, right. And I, and, and I don't know, but I believe that, well, this is going to, this is going to be our home, but I'm going to have another home, whether it's on the lake, cause I want a new boat or it's going to be in Miami because I want a yacht. Right. And that's my dream. So I told my daughter, like I'm, I'm right. I, I, this is a problem that people have is they don't speak their dreams into existence. Mm -hmm. They're, they're embarrassed about it or they're, or they're worried about what we're going to say. And like, like me and you said this on, on my show, I, I don't care what people think. I'm like, even when my kids, like, yeah, me and mom going to move. No, you're not. Yeah, we are. Like, <laughs> not right? At that point, you, you, well, I'll send you 500 bucks. You can send Andres to go stay with us. But we make money an issue because we have the wrong relationship with money. Mm -hmm. But with the, what, when you realize that you invest and you spend money wisely, the, the money just comes because, right, you're doing things for the right motive and and you're investing in your employees, you're investing in people, you're, 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 you're right, you're, you're, you're the, the people that hoard the money and are greedy. And I had to fight through this, to be honest with you, because I, I talked about this in my book, right, The Makings of a Millionaire Mind, is when I felt like I was hoarding, I would give and it combated it. And, and I, I love to help people and give, and I know what God puts in my heart. So I say that because I told my daughter, like I told you, I, and then my son goes, well, dad, I'll buy the house. I'm like, well, no, you can't afford it. <laughs> and then you know, you know what he told me? He goes, well, in five years I will be. <laughs> yes. But so let me ask you this because, um, I want to be respectful of your time. I ask every single person on the podcast, this question, Daniel Gomez, the host of Daniel Gomez inspires and author of millionaire mind or making of a millionaire mind. What does success mean to you? How do you define it? When I was in my 30s, it was having the Rolex. It was having the just all the branded clothes, right, for the wrong motives. I think now in, in as we're, I'm 48 years old, it's really for me, it's putting God first. Because the book, right, when you think about the book, it's, it's becoming a millionaire God's way so you don't self-implode. So it's putting God first. It's putting my wife, putting my kids and then the business. And so what does that look like? How do you know? How do you know when you are successful? Because everybody has a different level of success. For me, it's when I can write something that I do that I talk about in the book is that I walk around with $100 bills, $500 bills, sometimes more. But if it's in my heart to give some, right, a waitress that you see she's busting her ass. I give her a hundred dollars if God puts that in my heart. That's success, right? Yeah, that's success. But when, when we that. can go, when we can go to to the mall and, and me and my wife are just hanging out, or we're going to have lunch after church, and like you know what, let's go, um, let's go to the store. And she doesn't even know why we're going, but we go and just to go buy her some shoes and a couple of dresses. That's success. That we have the liberty to do that to be a blessing to other people. But the true success is knowing that who my source is, right? Because God is my source. And believe me, by no means uh, have I strayed off the path. Hell yeah, I strayed off the path and, and I've paid for it, right? But we all have, right? Like, I, I think that's what's so important is that anybody who's trying to teach you anything, 
isn't coming at it if they're really trying to teach you. They aren't coming at it from a place that says, I've never made mistakes. They're coming at it from a place that says, learn from my mistakes, which is in completely different, right? The success is when you have it in your heart to be a blessing and you can be that blessing and it's not going to hurt you. And I think so many people play small. Believe me, when, when, when I wrote the book, I didn't want to write the book because I just knew that some of the backlash that was going to come, like I mentioned earlier. But even when I stopped, Madi came to me one morning. She goes, you know what you need to do? It's like, what? She goes, God said you need to finish your book because I stopped writing it for two months. But look at the success we've had with the book. We, we've been able to sell um, two, two to three copies on Amazon every single day. Wherever I go, we're selling copies. We just released our new course, The Makings of a Millionaire Mind, the course. It's on, it's on the make, it's at our website, the makings of a millionaire Um, the course has 27 powerful modules that actually walk you through. And I, I do exercises with you. So it's 27 modules. I over delivered on it. They're short, powerful five to nine minute modules, but it's a lot of value. And then I didn't hold back because it's not about right. That the greatest compliment I've gotten so far about the book is Daniel. Like, I feel like you're walking with me in through this book. Because my intentions weren't just to write a book. I think too many people write a book just to say they've written a book. When I wrote this book, it wasn't my book to write. It was God's book that put it in. He put it was his book. So I, my standards went up and I re-edited it and re, believe me, I mean, my team was mad at me and I'm like, hey, it's not our book. But I yeah. say that because just the response we've gotten back from people crying and man, this part spoke, this part spoke to me. That's what, that's what success is when, 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 when you're not selfish enough just to put a product out there to put a product out there, but success is really knowing that whether it takes longer and you have to invest another thousand or 3000 into that book or to that course to make it right, you're going to do what's right to make it right. And, and, yeah. and I'll never, what comes to mind is I'll never forget what my ex assistant told me. She said, you know, Daniel, they don't see the shit you do behind the scenes. They don't see the fact that you, 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 you forgive people of $500 worth of bills. You don't, that, that you don't, cause right. She would see this. They don't see the, the, right. That, that, that all that you do to help people. And, and you, what's the word? Um, you, um, you just write off, right. The depths to say, and I said, you know what, just come, right. If God puts it in my heart for me to sponsor you or to help you, it's not about the money, man. It's, it's about helping you, but People don't see the value until they pay for something. Most people. Agreed. And that's what I was just going to say is like so many times we think, let me lower my prices. Let me um, comp this item for them because I'm helping them. And all we're doing is helping them believe that they can't afford to invest in themselves, which is, it was something I had to learn the hard way is that, you know, by me making myself more accessible to people who are not ready to access me. I am helping no one. And that's an incredibly difficult thing for a person who is service-centered yeah. to embrace. So we've gone through the book. We've gone through the podcast. Um, if people want to connect with you to learn more about your course, learn more about who you are, learn more about Sticker Shock Academy, which every single person who wants to be a speaker should go to, hands down, what's the best way for them to reach you? They need to send me an email at daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com. That's daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com. Um, you can definitely send me a DM on Instagram. 
send me an, uh, on my handle is Daniel Gomez inspires. I mean, I, I check that all the time because I spend a lot more time on Instagram now because that's the cool hip place to be. So Daniel Gomez inspires my handle there in, I want to help you, right? I want to help you. We'll set up a complimentary 45 minute discovery session for your audience. And whether it's sticker shock, or you need help publishing the book, whatever it may be, we'd love to help you. And I would definitely go to Amazon and get a copy of our book, the makings of a millionaire mind.com. It's a great way to invest in yourself and then go to our website, the makings of a millionaire mind.com. That's the makings of a millionaire mind.com and our course, right? We have it introductory. I'm going to sell that course for 2000, right now we have it at a sponsorship of a thousand off. So it's only 997 for 27 modules. I guarantee you that it's going to change your life. So it's just really about helping and loving people. And thank you, Amber, for being you. Thank you for just having me on your, on your show. And you're just, you're just a blessing. You really, really are. And you know, just the message you, you don't, I didn't, the message that day when you text me, I was having a rough day because even Daniel Gomez inspires has a rough day, but you said, Daniel, the spirit of God spoke with me today and it, it felt so freeing and people came up to me and asked me that just was priceless to me. So I want to honor you and just thank you for, for being genuine and authentic and allowing the real Amber to come out. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Um, it was absolutely amazing to have you on. Well, thank you everybody. God bless you. And nice hanging out with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.